We'll be spending most of our time in this psalm. It's not very long. It's only five verses, but um, there is so much good stuff in these verses. And uh, let's go ahead and stand together and read them together, verses 1 through 5. All right, starting with verse number 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let's go ahead and bow to a word of prayer and we'll get in tonight's message. Father, we thank you again for your word. Lord, I'm just so thankful that we can hold in our hands. And Lord, the great price that was paid by the martyrs in the past, Lord, to be able to, to even have the words of life and be able to know them and to memorize them and to, Lord, just to engraft them in our hearts and our lives. And Lord, we thank you so much again for just being so good to us when we don't deserve it. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. And Lord, I just ask that you would, Father, just bless this uh, evening's message, God, that you would speak to hearts. And again, we thank you so much again for what you'll do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. And be seated. All right. So this evening, I want to I wanna preach a message uh, entitled, The Blessings That Children Are. The Blessings That Children Are. It's an unusual, maybe, title of a message, but um, just the uh, Lord has, has taught me some things over this last year and, and um, even this last three months. And so I uh, just want to kind of share some things with you. Uh, the last few months have been both amazing, they've been tiring, uh, and definitely a journey of a variety of emotions. Probably we've experienced them all. <laughs> and so um, it's been good. It has been good. And um, But these are our verses. I've, I've had these highlighted in my Bible for years. Um, these are verses that I have read, and I read, and I read. And many times I wondered if they would ever apply to me. For nearly 11 years, we wondered, we wept, and we waited. We took comfort from God's Word that He knew our greatest desire, and we clung to Psalm 37.4, which says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, we are very thankful for our two little guys, and our, two little, you know, our two little gifts from God. I mean, they, that's exactly what they are. Um, and these last three months, honestly, my understanding of God has deepened and enriched and continues to do so as the boys grow. I mean, I'm learning more things as a father that until that, that happens, um, you know, you, you, you read about it, you hear about it, but until you actually go through those times and you see it yourself, it's completely different. And so... My understanding of the relationship that God has with me as His child has become even stronger, and, I, and it's been it has been a, a big blessing. 
Um, this evening, I want to dive into these verses, and I want to share with you what God has taught me uh, from, uh, from them over the last year. Uh, to begin, I want to look at verse number three. Uh, children are a blessing from God. They're a gift. Verse number three says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. But to really understand verse number three, you have to look and review verse number one, which says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. See, through the natural way and even uh, with assistance uh, to build a family and a home, it needs God. It needs God. Without God being in that situation, uh, the house or the home cannot be built. See, life is an absolute miracle that only God can perform. You see, there are many people who have tried fertility treatments with the best doctors and the best clinics that are, that are available, and even after several times, they're unsuccessful with having a pregnancy go to full term. See, without God intervening on His timing, a pregnancy won't happen. From conception, implantation, a woman's body accepting the conceived egg throughout the first trimester, and then throughout the rest of the pregnancy, everything, every step, every stage is an absolute miracle, and it is completely dependent upon God. And this last year, with, with the birth of our twins, we've been able to see how, you know, we've had some ups and downs, we've had some scares, we've had some, some times that were frightening, but through it all, we've been able to see God work in miraculous ways. And it's been a blessing to us. It's been such an, it's been, it has helped us even grow in our own faith. Um, see, mankind can only help so much, and it's still very limited about what they can truly do. See, without children and them being a heritage, what is a man's purpose in accumulating wealth? Or why why do you and I, why do people accumulate things? What purpose does he build a house if he has none in his household to hold the house after him? I mean, look, when we pass away, we don't bring the stuff with us. You know, so what's the point of trying to accumulate everything in this world when it's not going to go anywhere? Why does God allow some people to have lots of children who cannot care for them? Why doesn't He allow all faithful Christian couples to have children? I honestly don't know that question. I don't know the answers to that. What I do know is that He is God and that He knows best in all situations and He has a perfect plan for every child that is born. Whether that child is born in sin, out of wedlock, or it's to God-fearing, loving Christian families. But no matter what family a child is born into, they will all one day have to decide whether to be born again and trust Jesus Christ for salvation. See, if the world was perfect, all children would be born into loving families. They would never have to face hunger, never have to face neglect or abuse. But sadly, we do not live in a perfect world. It is one that is, caused, it is cursed by sin, and it is because of that that there are so many problems that children face today and throughout history. You see, children are precious in the eyes of God. 
They are His reward to people for His reasons alone. And a nation or a people who abandon or destroy their own offspring for any reason will face the judgment of God. We see that all throughout Scripture. We see that uh, the nations that, that sacrificed their children, God destroyed them. And sadly, Ireland is on course to face the, the wrath of God in one of these days. Let's look at verse number 4. Not only are children a blessing from God, but children are a blessing to parents, especially their future. Verse number 4 says, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. See, children born to men in, in the days that the Scripture was written, uh, by God's blessings became the comfort of their riper years. Uh, usually, you know, culturally wise, you know, um, as the parents got older, the, the, it was up to the, the children to take care of their parents when they got to a, a, a time where they could no longer take care of themselves. And, uh, you know, and Bible, the Bible does also teach us to honor our parents. You know, we're, we're supposed to honor them. It's the fifth commandment. And here we see that God gives people children to also be a blessing to them for their future. You see, a man of war is glad of the weapons that he can send and, and, and to go where he cannot. You know, an arrow, you know, an arrow is, is, a, is a, a weapon that you shoot far away. You know, it's not something that you attack your enemy with usually face to face. You know, usually when you try to, your purpose of, of using an arrow is to get somebody who's in a long distance away. And so a, a man who has these arrows, a parent who has these arrows, the point of the, the arrow is, is for their future. You see, good sons and daughters are their parents' arrows speeding to hit the mark which they strive to aim at. I think every parent in here wants the best for their child. Um, You know, we've all grown up and, uh, you know, maybe we all come from different families, different backgrounds, different situations, different upbringings. And a lot of times we don't want our children to face what we went through. The hard times, the, the, the discouraging, that maybe the, um, you know, uh, not having the money, not having the, uh, the, the clothing, whatever. And so, you know, parents decide, you know what, I want the best for my children. But what wonders a good, godly parent can accomplish if they have affectionate children to second their desires for God and to serve God's design for their life. I mean, can you imagine, you know, growing up and serving the Lord and having your children there alongside you? That's, I think that's the ultimate blessing for a parent to have, is to have your children serving God with you. Not only just your children, but your grandchildren, and having a, a, a godly heritage, desiring to live uh, pure, live godly, and do something great for God. To this end, we must have our children in hands while they are yet children, or they are never likely to be so when they are grown up. Meaning, time goes far too fast, and before you know it, 
The time that you had to instruct your children to follow God has passed. See, if you have children or grandchildren, take time out of your schedule. Spend time with them and teach them about God. You see, they, they need you to invest in their lives. It gets so easy to, uh, to get so busy with life that we allow the, the, the quiet times, the little times, uh, the precious moments that we have with our children to pass. And before we know it, they're all grown up and it's too late. Do not leave the teaching and investing of your children to the schools or to the internet or TV and YouTube. Don't let them be the ones that teach your children what is right and wrong. And especially about who God is. Because they will grow up and, and you will see someone who is, has no idea what life is all about. They're confused. See, your children are, the, the, are more important than most of what we get caught up with in the focus of our daily life around. And before we realize it, we lose the opportunities to win your children's heart, especially for God. You see, we must try and point them and straighten them so as to make arrows of them in their youth, lest they should prove crooked and unserviceable as they become older. Uh, when a, a person has a, an arrow, if that arrow isn't straight, it's worthless. It's not going to fly where you want it to go. It's, you know, it's, it's going to go off, veer to the right or to the left, and, and the desire that you had for that child isn't going to be what you had hoped. Now, every child every has a free will of their own, and they will make choices that, that they're going to have to, to live with. But we as children, we should do, or as parents, we need to do our best to raise our children for the Lord. We must do our best to make sure that, that we teach them to, to live a godly life, to have a walk with God, to, to desire God. And, and as the, uh, the test of life will come, it will keep them straight. It won't allow the, the, the world to warp them, to make them crooked and unserviceable. Pray that the Lord favors us with all loyal, dependent, obedient, affectionate children, and we shall find in them our best helpers. We shall see them shot forth into a blessed life if we take care from the very beginning that they are directed to the right point. I mean, I think every, every parent wants their, their children to, to, to serve God, especially a Christian, Christian parent. They want them to serve God. They want them to, uh, to know God, to love God. And if we take our very best and we try and we train up our children, it's better odds that they will serve God than just leaving them to themselves. Proverbs 22.6, I want you to go there real quickly with me. Proverbs 22.6. I mean, most, most parents probably already have this verse memorized. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's why it's so important to invest in your children. 
to teach them, to train them, to, to help them in any way possible to, to know the Lord, to, uh, to be sensitive to the Lord's leadings and, and the direction of, of uh, His will uh, for their life. That's, what, that's, what a jo- that's the job of a parent. A parent's job isn't just to feed them, to clothe them, and to educate them. It's more than that. God has entrusted you with a living soul that's going to go to eternity somewhere. And we have that great responsibility to try to train our children to know God. And that's why we need to take our time and take every effort possible to make sure that our children understand who God is and understand why uh, Christ came to earth. Let's go back to Psalm 127. So not only our children are, are a, um, a blessing from God and a blessing to parents, but children are also a blessing to the lost. They're a blessing to the lost. And I'll explain that here in a little bit. Look at verse number 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, for they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, a quiver was used to hold a great many arrows. This allowed the archer to keep firing away at the enemy. Now, of course, uh, a large number of children will also mean a large number of trials. But when these are met by faith in the Lord, it also means a great deal of love and multitude of joy. Now, a quiver may be small and yet full. Uh, There's small quivers, there's big quivers. Regardless, when that quiver is full, that's when the blessing is obtained. In any case, we may be sure that a man's life consists not in the abundance of children that he possesseth, but the joy of those arrows that he has been given by God. You know, it's not just to you know, try to accumulate as many children as possible, but to rejoice in every single child that God has given you. Uh, to be, you know, whether... Um, no matter what their life brings, but to rejoice in them. Scripture says, They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I mean, can you imagine if a, someone was having a, a squabble, especially back in you know, maybe even the old days of Ireland, you know, and a man had a bunch of sons to be able to defend any kind of argument with, uh, nobody cared to meddle with a man who could gather a clan of brave sons around him. And now, you know, yes, there, that's, it's good to have that kind of, to be able to, to do, with a, to speak with the enemies in the gate physically, but um, I want to look at it more in a spiritual aspect. You see, this verse looked at literally, this favor comes of the Lord. Without His will, there would be no children to build up the house. Without His grace, there would be no good children to be their parents' strength. You see, every church needs children and families to teach their children the fundamentals of the faith and the Bible. A church without the next generation being taught about God will eventually die out and the enemy will have gained the victory. 
We have to teach our children to be a witness to the world and to become the light of the world. Because if they do not become the light, and it requires the older generation to continue to to hold the mantle and to to continue to to reach the the lost and reach the world, if our children the next generation do not take up that torch, the older generation will eventually die off and that light will go out. And the gospel in that area will grow dark. We need to teach our children to be a witness to the lost. They need to know how to tell someone about Christ. You know, if a person, if a, a child can understand and trust Christ themselves, they also need to be taught. Well, you need to talk to your friends. You need to talk to to others and, and help them to to get a burden to reach the lost, to reach their friends, to, to reach the neighborhood children. Now, as we looked at these three verses tonight, do these verses mean that life is without joy if you're never able to have children of your own or through adoption? I would say absolutely not. I believe there's a literal interpretation to these scriptures, which are physical, but there's also a spiritual application. The Apostle Paul is a perfect example. Even though Scripture never records him uh, being married or in any kind of relationship, Paul was a father of a host of spiritual children, is unquestionably happy as he is serving God and mentoring so many people as a fatherly figure. I mean, when you pick up with the the life of Paul and and as he takes his missionary journeys and begins to to gather men around him, invest his time and invest his, his life and his heart, to those that he witnesses to, the, those that travel with him, those that are, are in churches that he starts. I mean, he, in a sense, he is, he is birthing children into the kingdom of God, so to speak, as he teaches them about the gospel. And he doesn't just leave them there, but he, he actually takes them under his wings, so to speak, and he begins to, to teach them and to minister to them and, and to help them to know about uh, what it is to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Christ. See, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 4.15, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet ye not, ye not have, sorry, ye yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. That's why Paul was burdened when he was began to hear so many uh, things that the, the church in Corinth was doing and, and uh, the, the things that they were doing wrong and and, and so that's the reason why he wrote to them, because his heart was broken about them. And, uh, you know, as a, as a father to his children, saying, look, you're doing wrong. I, I want you to, I'm trying to correct this mistake and, and get you back on, on the right path and, and serving God. You know, if you read a lot of the different the epistles, he's, he's writing to churches, he's writing to people, you know, as, as someone who's trying to, to teach them and to instruct them and to mentor them. And not only to just those churches and the people there, but he's still ministering and he's still speaking to you and I today. He's still helping us. And when confronted whether serving God is worth the labor, I think Paul can answer all opponents by pointing to souls who have been saved and their lives being transformed by the gospel. 
I mean, when you when you got an opportunity to talk to somebody and to witness to somebody and they get saved and their life changes, you know, maybe a person has, has been in bondage to alcohol or drugs and and uh, and their life has just been absolute misery. And they get saved and they begin to get victory over uh, the, the battles they have with their flesh and their life gets, gets turned around and they begin to serve God. There's no greater joy. There is no greater joy in seeing that and being a part of that. That's what is so special about going out and trying to be a witness to this world. You see, converts are a heritage of the Lord. They're the reward or the fruit of serving God. Now, some may have many, like families with a large number of children. Or there might be some that just have a few converts. But here's the thing that we all must do. As we serve the Lord and we see people get saved, we need to take time and invest in their life just as a a parent does to their children. Sometimes we're guilty of letting a person get, you know, leading a person to Christ and then just not no longer investing in them. You know, we, we kind of just expect them to to grow and develop. You know, but um, I mean, I know it's kind of a, a, an odd thought, but, you know, my sons were just born three months ago. I'm not expecting them to start crawling and walking right now. You know, it takes time. It takes teaching. It takes time for them to grow and develop. Uh, they need help understanding, you know, and as and as they grow and develop and mature, then you can teach them more and teach them more and teach them more to become strong. Too often we we don't take the time to invest in those who are new converts, and they fall by the wayside because they they weren't strong enough for whatever attack the devil may have brought along their way. In this spiritual application, all converts who are born again become the children of God. And you get the awesome opportunity to help them grow in the Lord, just as a parent helps their children grow in understanding. I encourage you, if you've never been out soul winning before, come out soul winning. I mean... You know, you never know what a track can do. You never know what just talking to somebody about the gospel. You don't know what kind of brokenness someone's going through. And here we have the light of the gospel, the light of hope, something that can give somebody peace and joy, can fix the brokenness that's in their heart that has been caused by sin. We have the answer, and yet, what do we do with it? Most of us don't do anything with it. We need to reach the lost. We need to train our children to reach their loved ones, their neighbors. Conclusion this evening, I just I hope this evening that learning about children being a blessing wasn't something new for you. I know even raising children can be difficult sometimes. I believe every parent would say it's worth it in the end. No matter what trouble they've been through, no matter what heartache, what grief, 
I don't think any parent would say, I wish I didn't have that person. No. And even though hearts are still being broken maybe by children today, you know what? Don't give up on them. Don't give up. Keep praying for them. Because you never know when God will touch their heart and their heart will turn back to Him. Perhaps back to you as well. See, children are precious in the eyes of God. And again, they're His, His reward to people for His reasons alone. And a nation that who abandons them or destroys their own offspring will face judgment. And I would even add, pervert their children into a life of confusion is risking God's judgment as well. I, I, I feel sorry for our children today. As they go to school and they're now being taught, doesn't matter what, if they're a boy or girl anymore, they can be whatever they want. That's just confusion. And we know God is not the author of confusion. It's a way of destroying our children. And the devil knows about it. Can I encourage you to take time with your children and your grandchildren and with the children of this church? You know, I love it when Brendan or when Connor come up to me and chat with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now you get to spend time with them. You know, it's, it's really neat when you get to, to, to see our children Sunday morning. You know, they're not just nuisances running around. <laughs> But they're a blessing. They really are. You get to see them every Sunday coming to church and wanting to go to children's church and learning about Jesus and learning about God. Take time to, to talk to them. They're, they're individuals just like you and I. Spend time with them. We must have our children in hand while they're yet children or they're never likely to be so when they're grown up. Time goes too far or time goes far too fast, and before you know it, the time that you had to instruct your children to follow God has passed. We must try to point them and straighten them so that, so, and make them arrows of them in their youth so they become serviceable. They can do something great for God. And this is the one reason that we have our children's church, to help teach them about God. Because look, our children are out in the world six days of the week. And they're being taught at school. They're being taught who knows what kind of wickedness. And we get them for one hour a week. One hour to teach them about God. Now, prayerfully, their, their parents are, help, are also teaching them at home. But you never know with some homes. You never know. But can you see just the amount of, of information that, that gets poured into somebody? The world has got quite the advantage over what we can teach them. That's why it's so important to just not let the church teach the kids. But we as parents have to teach our children right and wrong, morality, what the Bible says is good and what the Bible says is wrong. We have to do that. We can't rely upon anybody else to do it. We have to take that time ourselves. We must teach our children to be witnesses to this world and to become the light of the world, especially as the older generation passes on and their light becomes extinguished. See, a family may physically no longer have children, but it can continue to grow as it reaches the lost with the gospel and brings them along with them as they serve Christ. 
you know, it, it's been a it's been a blessing the last seven years, being able to just to, to minister to to certain a lot of different people. You know, they haven't been our children, but in a sense, it kind of feels like they have been <laughs> to a degree. You know, and just being able to 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 teach them and to help them and and to to be there for them, and and that's what a parent does. You're, you're there for your children, and you help teach them to serve Christ. And so I encourage you, take someone underneath your wing, especially you older Christians. You know, if you've if you've been saved and you understand the gospel, there's a lot of teenagers in this in our church. Some don't have a good dad; they don't have a dad at all. They need a a, a Christian man to come up and say, "Look, hey, can we can I spend time with you? Teach them, help them, you know, uh, be there for them, fill that void." that they're missing. Look for opportunities to be a mentor. Look for opportunities to, to help them, to, to grow and to encourage them. Because look, being a teenager nowadays, especially here in, in Ireland, uh, is very difficult. Very difficult. Especially trying to live for God. And they need someone to help, to encourage them, to strengthen them. And that's where we get that opportunity to help them. And so these are just some thoughts that I had this evening. Um, again, as you look at this verse, I know there's just a few verses, but there's so much truth contained in these. It's so deep. I mean, we could still continue going, but I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm thankful that God has given us and our church some good children, some great children. And I'm looking forward to what God has for them over the future. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe in 20 years, Brendan will be back here preaching and, you know, who knows? Or maybe Connor, he'll be taking over his dad's job as song leader. Who knows? You know, that's the, that's the joy that we have ahead of us. You know, it's like shooting that arrow and having that aim that maybe one day they'll be able to serve God. And it's up to us as parents to try our best to make sure that they can serve God. Again, they have their own will. They'll trip. They'll stumble. They'll fall. And that's where we have to be there to help them and guide them all along the way. Let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer. We finished. Father, we do thank you. Lord, it probably is just an unusual message tonight. I wonder just what you put on my heart. I, I don't understand why, but God, I just thank you for the blessing that you have given to this church of, of our children. I thank you for the families that, that are here as well. God, I just, I just ask that you encourage each one of us as parents, God, to, to do our best for our children, to raise them for you. Lord, even those who, who may not have children, Lord, that God, that they would, they would seek opportunities to be a blessing to, to someone, to help them, to guide them, to mentor them, Lord. And to have a part of their of their growth as a Christian, and uh, Father, I just ask that you would again bless what uh, your uh, has been spoken tonight, and God, that to speak to hearts. We do thank you, and we do love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.